Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by Reese, aka Referee. And today we have a special pod. We are taking a break from from Chiefs Pride, and we are going into that's right, you guessed it, Sunflower State FC Pride. We have the movers and shakers of Sunflower FC, a soccer team here in Kansas City and in or Kansas, Kansas and Missouri um, that that is a part of the MASL3 and the UPSL soccer leagues um, around America. So we have three people with us today from the organization. We have CEO, the crazy, the ever busy Joey. What's going on, Joey? How you doing? You're good, man. You know, just enjoying a nice day with some friends, some volleyball, and nice beer. So I can't complain. Awesome. So we got Joe. We also have Coach Nick. Coach Nick, how are you? Doing all right, man. I'm uh tired, <laughs> but excellent. I got beer, I'm ready to go. That's what's up. That's what's up. Beer Locked brings loaded. the world together. And last but not least, we have marketing manager, marketing extraordinaire, and does everything in between. Sal, what's up, Sal? Good evening, guys. How you doing? All right. Excellent. Okay, so we have a jam-packed episode today. We're going to hear about Sunflower State FC. We are also going to do a beer review with one of them, if not three of them. We're just going to wing it. Um, and then we might even talk about some Chiefs, uh, maybe some Sporting KC, whatever fits our fancy. So whoever wants to start out, Sal, Joey, or Nick, tell us who Sunflower State... Actually, before that, tell us how this started, because you started as... Queso Blanco, perhaps. So we started out as, um, so basically I was in grad school and we were playing, a lot of our friends were playing for different teams within um, the KCK League, the Soccer Nation League, and we weren't extremely happy we were playing on separate teams because a lot of times you play with people that might not know the game in a way that you do. And so we thought that It'd be great if we could all play together. So we started um, playing in an indoor league at Soccer Nation. We kept winning there, and we decided to do outdoor. Then we brought Nick in and then everyone in, and then we started winning there. We went to a few tournaments, won there, and then all of a sudden uh, we qualified for a U.S. Open Cup qualifying game, and then we won one, COVID hit, and then... We had two or three big sponsors come in and say, look, we heard that you got a couple offers to play in these minor league and semi-pro leagues. If you accept, we will put in this money to help you start your ways into making this club. And then we did that. We went. We accepted the UPSL and MASL3 offer because we're not just good at outdoor, but we're also good at indoor, which is interesting because – a lot of soccer clubs, honestly, don't know the indoor game extremely well because indoor soccer is on the rise. It's not been a big thing in America over the years. Joey, I'm going to interrupt you really quick because I want you to expand on that. Joey, tell tell our Kansas City Chief audience, what is the difference between indoor and outdoor soccer? And you can go as crazy nerdy as you want on that. So Nick, Nick McGall can correct me on this, but because he, he's done both both and i've done both but i haven't done it at as i haven't done indoor at semi-pro level but the biggest difference is that 
in indoor you have walls outdoor you don't have walls field is a little more condensed in indoor and a little bit faster and there's less time there's less time in the game and the clock stops kind of like football or or lacrosse it's hockey meets soccer heck yeah yeah basically yeah pretty much it's because, but except the difference is you can't like hit people into the walls in indoor. You can shoulder them, but you can't exactly hit them or like check into the boards. So, Whoa. but, but there are things like power plays, there are restarts, the ball goes off the net and the walls and a bunch of that cool stuff. And every once in a while that, you might get it might get a little heated and you might get a fight, but probably unlikely. But it's very entertaining, very high pace, and very exciting. Well, now I got I got to ask. You mentioned fights and you've mentioned hockey. What is a an indoor soccer fight like compared to a hockey fight? Like, is this both like you guys go to the sin bin after that, or is it like you're both red carded? There, there's, there's no sin bin. It's <laughs> you're done. You're out. Okay. Game, okay. You're red card. It's hockey, you can like duke it out. Soccer, it's like outdoor soccer, like break it up, leave, go home. Well, Nick, you've had your fair share of elbows, right? Yeah. But, uh, so so I actually play for the Kansas City Comets, which is the professional indoor team in uh, Kansas City. Wow. And um, wow. we actually had a game this weekend, <laughs> and uh, I did get punched in the face. So, uh, But, yeah, they, they usually – I mean, if you throw a punch, you throw an elbow, something like that, you'll get a red card. It's it's the same as outdoor in that sense. Like you, you're just gone. You can't play anymore. Uh, mm. But it's very similar to hockey, though, uh, where they do have like two minute penalties, stuff like that. They do have regular fouls, uh, which is a little bit different. But yeah, it's 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 much more high pace. It's much more action. Much more high scoring. My kids love going to the games. Everyone who comes to the games loves it it's just getting them to the games to see hey this is really fun a really fun environment um a really fun game and especially the comets games um and sunflower to some extent i mean they have music playing um lots of action you're very close to the action so uh it is different in that sense from outdoor but obviously everyone's played outdoor soccer at some point in their lives. I feel like everyone as a kid, even if you're a kid, you play a little 3v3 rec soccer, you know, everyone starts there. So everyone knows that and that's that's fun. I think they both have their place, but it is fun. Nice. So so Joey, Nick, and Sal, I'm going to backtrack over to Queso Blanco. Joey was being a little modest, actually, for us. Uh, Joey said that you guys won a little bit, but on your website it says you won 10 f- 10 first place trophies. I mean, like, were, were you guys just exponentially better than everyone else? And it was just, you were the, the Harlem Globetrotters of Kansas city. And then, and then you had to go semi-pro. Um, not really. I mean, Kansas city, uh, soccer culture, there are teams that are then semi-pro. They go up and down. There's like Barriero, Santa Fe. And then there's a couple teams trying to come up like United KC focus, and it's very competitive and it's really hard to win a championship, but we played multiple times a week and we played tournaments to be able to win 10 titles. But at the same time, like you can't just go on the street with a good team and go like 15 or or something. Like you're obviously going to at least lose like two, three, four games. 
before winning, going to playoffs and winning. But well, one thing that hadn't been done that we did do was we a couple of times in our first season we did win the championship a couple of times, and we did it with players that a lot of other teams didn't think could be successful on a championship team, and. We took that and we brought in the resources that we knew to make this into a professionalized uh, product. So if so, if we're going to compare Sunflower State with the Chiefs, is Nick Andy Reid and is Joey Patrick Mahomes and and who is responsible <laughs> for these championships? Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid? Who who is it? I'm, I'm the dude that sits up in the box. Nick does like he has Nick. Does, I'll give Nick credit. He could talk, but. He does pretty much everything to make the team successful on the field uh, from Joey, a strategy, from player's that standpoint. Joe is Lamar Hunt Jr., Nick is Andy Reid, and I'm a Mitch Holtis wannabe. <laughs> hey, Sesty, Sesty. You <laughs> forgot Andrew, man. You forgot Andrew in that. Hey, Sesty, in outdoor, would you say that I am both Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Absolutely player. not. Oh. No. <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing the LeBron player coach thing. Yeah, come on. Player coach. I'm yeah, you're the, bench, no. you're the bench player. <laughs> no, bench player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, so tell us how the, how, how the league is going. Tell us what the, what the difference as well is of MASL3 and UPSL? Like, is one more competitive than the other? Are they kind of the same? Uh, floor is yours. So, yeah, I would say um, they're they're both semi-professional leagues, so we're, we're strictly semi-professional for right now. Uh, I think we would like to keep moving up and up. Um, so, for indoor, the Comets, which I said that I played for be- um, previously, um, they're the top top level indoor soccer right that's like what sporting kc would play playing you know um so they're top level professional then there's masl2 which are also professional teams kind of like the usl championship something like that and then we're masl3 which would probably be a semi-pro league like mpsl there's a bunch of them in outdoor mpsl upsl uh there's usl um league two which is the semi-pro of USL. So that's that's pretty much the league that we're in for indoor. Um, and then UPSL is what we are in in outdoor, and that's, like I said, that's the fourth tier, Sesky. Yeah, so MLS top tier, it's like a pyramid, right? MLS top tier, USL championship uh, second tier. Then you have League 3, which is... Yeah. USL League One and NISA uh, got it's a newer league, but they're they're technically um, third division. And then you have fourth division soccer, which is where amateur and semi pro UPSL and NPSL are. And there's a lot of good teams there. There's so, a lot of teams. Period. So jo- Joey, can we say the news about outdoor? Oh. Can we speak of that? Under wraps. Oh, no hot no takes. No Fountain City Sports Media breaking <laughs> news. No, we are oh. keeping that. We are going to keep that for a special day. And we are working out <laughs> the details. So, you, Nick, don't, I swear, don't say a word. Hey. Jo- Joey, Joey came in fast for that one. <laughs> when the time comes, can you give us that sweet, sweet Schefter insider and be like, hey, guys, this is dropping in five minutes? Yeah, yeah we can do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Awesome. 
you. Thank you so much. Oh, all right. We okay, might be will... going to the MLS. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we might. Be. Yeah, let me. That's, a, that's a big deal. Billion dollars. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, guys. So tell us what um, what is the process to be scouted by the MS. MASL or UPSL? Do you put an application? Do you have to win a certain amount of amateur championships? Uh, someone, someone watches your practice. What, what is the process, and how'd you get it? It's a Joey answer. Yeah, Joey, this is a you answer, man. Yeah, so more of the process is you have to get. It's it's like a street soccer. It's how how people hear about you. How well do you do? And then who, the, having the right years for someone to hear about you. And honestly, the way we won championships in the Kansas City League and being able to be in the KCK League, KCK League has been a league where about every two or three years, a team will go to the UPSL, MPSL, or one of those leagues and come out of there. And there's a bunch of professional players actually come out of that league as well. So it... You just, it's just about word reputation and getting the, a league to notice you and say, look, we think you're good enough. Would you be interested in joining? And then after that, it comes down to financials and saying, well, it's this money and this much. Can you do this much? And then we have to come back to our side and say, okay, this is our budget. This is what we have to work in. Can we logistically make this possible? Can you... Can you tell us any any horror stories of trying to raise money or any just trying to make it work? Was there anything in the process where you're like, what are we doing, man? I don't know if we can do this. And then it becomes this like Disney movie finish where then you become Sunflower State FC and now you're in the MLS. Uh, that's for a later date. But um, um, right now, all I'm going to say is that there is a lot of struggle. There's a lot of up and downs and you have to be extremely creative, creative and resourceful. Noted. Nice. We became a professional team in the midst of a pandemic. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we we picked about the worst time possibly to start up, but we made it work. You're still there. You're still fighting. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, uh, you I want to ask a little bit more about the U.S. Open Cup because you guys mentioned you got a W in that tournament. Uh, not, uh, qualifying game, not U.S. Open Cup. There's a difference because. You have to you have to win a couple qualifying games to actually be in the bracket. Okay. And and when we were in qualifying, COVID hit, and then it, what happened was we lost the bid. Then oh. and then they the when COVID came back, they said if you weren't the champion of one of the Division Four leagues, and if you weren't in these leagues, you cannot compete in this tournament. And unfortunately, we just weren't at that caliber for what they were asking for. Gotcha. Do you think you'll try and enter some of those qualifiers again in the future? Yes, we will. Yes, possibly. Um, I can't tell you if it's going to be this coming year or the next year or the year after that, but we will be there in the near future. I mean, that's my favorite tournament in North America, if I'm going to be honest. I think it's just the absolute coolest thing. Yeah. And just yeah. unfortunately, it costs a it costs a decent amount of money and resources, and that you have to have the right amount of players because that tournament does it's not just like a two one to two month thing; it's a six yeah. to eight month process. And so, mm-hmm. for a team like ours, it's kind of rough. Like we thought about it this year, but we had a lot of kids go back to college, and yeah. the way we were in the 
fall, I talked to Nick, and Nick agreed that this just wasn't the right year to go back in. So I actually uh, played in the Open Cup uh, a, a couple of years, but um, was decently successful for a USL League Two team. It was PDL back in the day, but it was called West Virginia Chaos. Oh, yeah. Played there two years in a row, and um, we beat an MPSL team, and then we went and played the Pittsburgh Riverhounds of the USL mm-hmm. Championship. And they have an amazing, incredible stadium, so it was an awesome experience. Um, so the way that we had qualified, we had won our USL League Two uh, division the previous year. And so that's how we qualified. So we went directly to the actual tournament. And so what Joey's speaking of is they actually have kind of like a open qualifying um, stage where I, I think pretty much anyone can apply and you have to play four, five, six games, however many games. And if you win those all, you go into the tournament, right? So I think ideally we would like to qualify through a league eventually so we don't have to play the the qualifying um, games and go through that stages because a lot of our players come from or our college players. And so those qualifying games for the Open Cup run through the college season. So like I think they're actively going on right now, I believe. Is that yeah. right, Sesti? Or yeah, like the past so couple of months, and I just didn't think it was feasible to put together a roster good enough to compete in that. Yeah, so right now they've they've got the lower leagues. The only one from the Midwest area that actually qualified was um, a team out of St. Louis or um, in, in the Midwest region, a team out of St. Louis. And then they have like six more games if they want to try and make it to any like MLS or USL championship teams. Yeah. Um, but in the future, we'd like to emulate what what is it? Christos FC did out of Baltimore. Baltimore, they just yeah. kept winning and winning and winning. Yeah. And then they uh, eventually they beat DC United. I'm pretty sure. No, oh my god! DC four nine four one, but they were up one nothing and with 30, 30 minutes in. Yeah, so they made it to the what quarterfinals out of yeah. you know playing seven different wow. you know regions and stuff. So that's that's our goal. If, wow! If we wow! Can put together a team, good yeah. enough. So that's that's, that's our goal, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, if you guys do that, we'll be there every step of the way to cheer you on. I'll be sure about that. I was gonna say, can't, so so the Fountain City Sports Media fans are on your bandwagon now. But Coach Nick, give us give us some insider bus stories that are really going to connect the fans' hearts to the players of Sunflower State FC. Uh, yeah, ever, everyone's been asking. Um, Nick, this is a family yeah. podcast. It, oh, gosh. It, yeah. Well, Sal, it is a family podcast, but if it's a good story, man, kids love a good story, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, news is news. We're, we're a family, family-based family team, so uh, we'll keep it PG. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if you, if you guys see, if anyone follows our social media, we have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all... all all that stuff that I, I, quite frankly, don't like, but you know. <laughs> and and Cell and Cell has been fired on the podcast. Breaking news. <laughs> no, our team does a great job with it. They do a phenomenal job. Our marketing team, all of our interns, do a phenomenal job. I'm saying personally, I have them all. I don't use them all 
at all. I, I don't use my Facebook. I don't use my Instagram. I use my Twitter. But uh, our team posts um, player signings, right? Or, or no, Bio Fridays. Bio Fridays. I think almost every single Bio Friday, we ask them their favorite sunflower memory. And almost all of them are about this one bus ride. It was actually a van ride. So we were coming back, Jesus. I think, uh, <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> and uh, we're talking to this kid. His name's uh, Spence. Oh, Spence. Uh, I don't know if I should say names. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll Most uh, popular Sunflower State player. Most popular Sunflower State player. Spence has a heart of gold. He's a giant. I mean, the guy's seven feet tall. I think he's from Haiti, right? He's huge. He is a, a he is a monster on the field. And um, But really, a heart of gold. He's like one of the sweetest players we've ever met. And so we're riding back. It's late at night. You know, we're, we're having these conversations. And uh, he's, he's asking me and um, a, a player named Chandler, who's married and has kids. And uh, I have a girlfriend and have kids. And um, so he's asking us for relationship advice, all sorts of questions about, hey, if my girlfriend does this, what do I do? You know, if I want her to do, or like, if I want this in our relationship, how do I, how do I do this? Right. And so he's asking us because we're, and the funny thing is Chandler's actually the, uh, he helps me with the youth program. We have a youth program, uh, run out of Blue Springs, Lee Summit, like Eastern Jackson County. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so right now we only have one team, but we're looking to add a few more. Um, but he is helping me run that program. And so Spence is asking us all these questions and, um, uh, He's like, well, what if, what if like I'm having trust issues, blah, blah, blah. What if I can't trust her? Right. And we're like, well, trust is like very important, you know, or, or he's like, what if she doesn't trust me? Like, you know, telling them all our, our infinite wisdom, uh, our infinite knowledge from all of our years of, uh, experience. And just eventually he gets this point. He's like, just out of the blue, he's like, I don't trust anybody <laughs> it, was, it was just i mean i know i probably told the story terribly but it was one of the funniest <laughs> things i i mean he literally asked us two hours of questions we thought he was doubting his girlfriend but really he was just doubting himself <laughs> and he cannot trust anybody and it's like this guy was part of old he's it, it was it was a very funny story but i think he's I think him and his relationship are doing well now. I hope. I hope our uh, next interview is with is with Spence in like three years, and Spence has like seven kids, and he's he's playing for DC United, and and it's just it's this wonderful comeback story. And he's like, you know what? If it wasn't for Coach Nick, this wouldn't have happened because all my trust issues out the window. Like a nice uh, three hour long therapy session on the bus ride home from our mind i don't know all the people who were in that bus were just having the time of their lives it was it was very funny but i actually feel like it probably did, did help him in his relationship and all that nick was in my psychology class at rockhurst so oh so and 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 did nick get a get a at least a b minus in psych was he was he a registered professional no, he, he, there's probably a good chance I did not pass that class. <laughs> he, he introduced me to Tinder. 
is what he did <laughs> during class. <laughs> so you can't say that on the air. Uh, uh, you get to meet new people. But speaking speaking of Rockhurst, tell us about about your friendship and how it's lasted so long and it has grown into this now uh, personal friendship, but now business friendship. And 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 how is your friendship now? Now that you have to make business decisions together, because like Reese and I are very good friends, but but now that we're business partners, now we've come closer. We have a great bond. Sessi, go ahead and take this one, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Uh, so it was nice being friends in, in college and everything. And Nick, Nick <laughs> was uh, certainly influential in, in some of the things that we did in college. Um, now, it, it's just weird being a professional. I, I try to be... Oh, man, I got to be careful with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit yeah. older than Sesty. Showed showed him the ways, perhaps. Yeah, two years older, and um, just anything they said, I would do. Fair enough. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that's making it sound terrible. We, yeah. we love that. Yeah. Some like some like crazy frat hazing, like something <laughs> like the plot Sal, of Wicker Sal Man. Sal just got this like P- PTSD, like all of a sudden. Don't chant my name. Yeah. Did you where where did you guys hang out? Isn't isn't there like this like Irish bar right next to um uh to Rockers on Truce? Is that the like hangout for the Rockers kids? Yeah, so so it was back in the day it was a bar, bar called Mike's. Uh oh good old Mike's. Mike's good old Mike's. Mike's. Yeah. Yeah. Sesty, I, I could see a damn click for you there. Yeah, they, um, they changed and I think it's a uh it's like a class classier establishment now. Yeah, I think it definitely got shut down. Like the year that I left, I think some some stuff happened down at Mike's. Wait, where was where was this place located at? <laughs> Mike's is on Fifty Fifth and Truce. Fifty Fifth and Truce. Okay, I think I can it's, picture that. It, yeah, like think of think of like the really nice side of Brookside, and yeah. then just go a little bit east, <laughs> and then okay. you're in trouble. Yep, I, I gotcha. <laughs> I got. Yeah, I know exactly what that is. Now you mention it. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yep. so Sal and Nick, you. You you both were on the soccer team as well. How how was the Rockhurst soccer team, and, and and what positions do you play? I didn't ask Nick. What do you play, Sal? What do you play? Yeah, so I, I was a forward. I think um, my my senior year we went to the final four. Um, the two years before that, uh, we were in the tournament, the national tournament. We I think made it to the quarterfinal or the quarterfinals, and then the round of. Sweet 16, round of 16, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we were very successful. We had a very, very, very talented squad. You, Lucas, Mark McGee. Oh, what is it? Paolo. Uh, Paolo. Yeah, we... Bass. Oh, my God, Bass, yeah. Yeah, we had we had a bunch of unbelievable players. So shout, shout out to all of them. They, I mean, and um, obviously... Toko, Coach Giorgio. Yeah, obviously Tony Toko, who is one of the... I think he's the now the second most winningest coach in um, collegiate. He is over seven hundred wow. wins in NCAA. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, oh, I wow. think just collective because they were in the NAI for a long time. Okay. But yeah, he's been around forever. He's he's helped me out a lot, and then obviously um, they have a associate head coach who's been there. Two thousand two, he played. Yeah, so uh, at least fifteen years. Um, Giorgio Anton Girolami, and he's also helped me out a lot. And um, yeah, they've they're 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 going through a rough patch now. After 
after I got done playing, I left. And oh, shut up, Nick. <laughs> what? They were good. They were good for two no, years uh, after you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Comma, sorry, comma. After I got done playing, comma, I left and uh, went and played professional. And then I came back and joined them on the coaching staff as an assistant coach. And then they were very, very successful. Not because of me. But uh, but they went to three straight Final Fours. My little brother was on the team. Uh, so they, they've been very successful over the past decade. Um, four Final Fours, I think six or seven NCAA tournament appearances. So uh, very, very successful. But these past few years, um, they've, they've been a little bit of a rough patch. So. I, I, th- they'll be able to turn it around, it's, though. It, so. it, it's probably because Coach Nick has taken his talents to Sunflower State FC. I think that's the big reason why. Uh, Sunflower won, won the bidding war. Joey, speaking about bidding war, I'm going to put a button on Sunflower uh, State FC unless, Reese, you have anything else. But, Joey, tell us about sponsors, how you get sponsors, if you want to take the time and, and thank some of your sponsors, and, and, and tell the Kansas City fans here why they should be rooting rooting for Sunflower State FC, why they should be buying your merch, everything. Give us give us the pitch. Okay. So, okay. So, basically, I'm just going to start off uh, plain and simple. I am not a salesman. I am a scientist in in a data field right now. I'm just going to start off there. You edit that out. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it from there. And I just want to start there because it's a good story. Okay. It's a short story, but it's a good one. Um, basically what I started off doing, um, the very game was Queso Blanco. We had a couple of people on the team who had some businesses. Uh, one, uh, which we call him Checha. His name is Cesar Tovar owns a dealership. He pitched in the money to be able to have us go into certain leagues to have us play in these like tournaments that got us into a U.S. Open qualifier game. And certain things like that, he uh, was able to spend the money. And there was another guy named Jack Kellabush, whose dad owned a uh, construction company. He corrected me on it later. But his dad came in and pushed in a little money and helped us get get our feet off the ground. And then after that, we had um, a few more sponsors come in. And what I did was I went on LinkedIn and I started networking with people, talking with people, and was taking their minds about what it would take for them to basically sponsor a amateur soccer club. And then all of a sudden, um, this guy, Pete um, Shuster, reaches out to me saying, I own this business. Um, I heard about what you're doing. Uh, I would like to help you out. And I told him what we really do and who we partner with and what the mission was. And he goes like, I love it. I want to be a part of it. And then he became our title sponsor. And then we had Jared Williams, who Andrew Lentil, our vice president and GM knows. And he, Andrew told him about it. He had a couple of players that he grew up coaching that, he really loved Grandma Casa and White Fowler, and he knows Andrew very well. Andrew trains some of his kids. He owns a dental business, and he, then he decided, I'm going to help sponsor the club as well. And then 
We had a few more places come in, some smaller sponsorship with some real estate company with Eddie Waters. And then we had a couple of silent donations. They want to keep silent, but they're very generous uh, bringing it on. And what I've done basically is being able to network through LinkedIn, social media, and doing some networking events. We're able to show that the value that somewhere Sunflower has to the individuals that are interested in our club. I didn't really do any major sale pitches. I didn't really do any major PowerPoints or anything. I was just a genuine person just trying to make an impact to people in the community. And one thing that we'll mention also, uh, we do partner with the inner city soccer club called Youth Rise, where if kids that can't pay for club soccer, their parents probably make less than 30000 to 40000 a year combined. With the Youth Rise helps pay for the club soccer so they can be able to play at a Heartland Division Two or Division One level or in the girls' case lately, being able to play an ECNL tournament to be able to get college scholarships. And D1, D2, NAIA players have been in the last three to five years have signed at all different levels. And lately, we've had a few of the players play and start for Sunflower. And one of them, uh, Tiva Flava, was able to uh, get a professional contract with the St. Louis Ambush. So... And your question, how I get them, I get them by reaching out to people and being a genuine person. I don't really try to be any extra or anything on any sales pitches. I just try to be honest and see who's interested in what we do and the product we put out. That's impressive. That's great. That's I really mean, cool th- to that, hear. That like, is a sales pitch in itself, Joey. Yeah. And I, I like, like I said, I'm not a salesman. I'm not trained. I'm a biomedical data scientist for a living. I, I'm, I, I just, I do science, I do data. I have never been trained in the sales field. I'm just an extrovert person who just loves people. Wow. Love it. That's super cool. So I, I got to ask them, what, what kind of biomedical science uh, do you do specifically? So I work for the government and Ooh. I can't really say anything about my job, but <laughs> I, I have a secret clearance that I, and we might have to edit that out. <laughs> Yeah, That's I, legit. No, I'm allowed to say five things about what I do, actually. Okay. I have a secret clearance. I work for the government. I do biomedical and human performance statistics, and I work in art. And I work. I, I do artificial intelligence, automation, and machine learning. So is this why your camera's off? Like, we're legally not allowed to see your face? This is a very, like, Charlie's Angels kind of thing? So, guys, I want... <laughs> I want to tell you a fun fact. I've never actually seen his face. I've never seen his face. So, uh, Coach, I, Coach Nick only sees the like dollar signs. He just um, Nick, Nick, Nick has actually been like one of the best people. He uh, he's one of the guys that like when I was actually playing. Like the reason I wanted him to come on and want to be a part of this was everything I ever saw with him as a coach. He believed in the players no matter what, and the players that. People didn't believe in, he believed in, and he always wanted to make sure that everyone got their shot. And he was an extremely talented coach that I believe was able to carry on the mission of Sunflower State. And that's the main reason I wanted him to be an organization above anyone else. Coach Coach Nick over here from from a from a scale to Belichick to Ted Lasso, you're just ha. on the Ted Lasso field then. More of a coach beard. I, I I can't I can't make fun of him anymore after he says that. That was that was very nice. 
Yeah. yeah well, to be to be honest though, um, the the everyone I'm strategic on people I bring in the organization, things I do, and the strategic part of it is making sure that the people we bring in and the characters we bring in, the players we bring in, the way we do things is genuine. It's not trying some business plot. It's not some X, Y, Z. It's actually trying to do something for a purpose because things I've seen in different businesses, different clubs and different things that don't work is when people try to force things that aren't genuine and they're legitimately only focus on the profit. And when you're only focused on the dollar signs, it, it shrinks your vision and you're, you see, you just, you just, you're just looking at the hallway. You're not able to grow up. And a lot of the times when you're not being genuine and you're not being true, you can't, you're not able to see what's been in front of you the whole time. So yeah, to add on top of that, I've actually been a part of, I, I mean, I've been playing soccer my whole life. I've, Every summer I went and played for a different semi-professional team. Um, some really good ones, really solid ones that have been around forever, who are very stable, very secure, um, not going anywhere. And then some teams that I, I've been on a staggering number of teams that have folded the very next year. So when Joey actually approached me to bring me on as the coach of this team, um, they were just a, a Sunday league team. Right. Um, and we went uh, to no other pub, actually. I don't know if you remember this, Joey. Um, we went and had a meeting and he was going to pitch me the team or the idea for the team to make it more legitimate. And um, I mean, I grilled him with questions. Like, I mean, I <laughs> came prepared. I had a notebook. I was like, hey, it's, what about this? What about this? What about this? And to his credit, he's very organized. I, I asked very bluntly, straightforward, do you want this to just be something for you and your friends to, you know, play on a team? Or do you want to make this a legitimate team that's here to stay? And they said, oh, we want to make a legitimate team that's here to stay. We're prepared to do that. And so um, to his credit, I mean, he works incredibly hard. He's always talking to someone like, I'll go recruit a player and he's been like, yeah, I've already talked to Joey. Like, it's crazy. So, uh, he's the hardest working guy I know, but what he's saying is true. And I think that's, um, something that gives Sunflower a strong foundation and hopefully we will be here for a while. So I, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the Kansas city brass. Um, I don't know if you guys were around back then. Or in Kansas City back then. I know you were alive back then. <laughs> but but, but uh, they were a semi-professional team here in Kansas City for a while. And they folded. I was on the team when they folded. But yeah, we're, we're just looking to be like a stable team that is, is here to stay. And I think with our ownership group and everyone that Joey brings on, um, we actually run it right. And hopefully we will be here for a while. So Awesome. Awesome. Great. No, these, this is a lot of great stuff. We really appreciate this. Like th this went from being a funny episode to now we all have to grab some freaking tissues now and like start, yes. start crying at all this. <laughs> and as, as, as far as a, yes. a lot of us go, a, a lot of us just do this out of the, you know, love of the game, love for sunflower. I mean, a lot of us work on volunteer basis. I mean, Nick and Joey, 
for not being salesmen, did a pretty good sales pitch. And, uh, I mean, it, it got some of us to, uh, stick around. Awesome. Okay. We're random. So, so, so Joey made us cry. Nick made us cry. Sal, make us cry and give us your, uh, tell us where we're going to follow you on social media. Tell us about your upcoming events or games that people that listen to this podcast can go to. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Sunflower State FC, um, or at Sunflower State FC, we are having our first game in Springfield, Missouri for the UPSL Division, or excuse me, the uh, MASL Division 3, and uh, then our first home game is going to be in January. You can catch us on 11sports.com, and I will be on the play-by-play as long as my wife lets me uh, escape from St. Louis and and come down to (laughs) Kansas City. We are Woo! expecting our first. We'll see how that goes. But January will be our first home game. Um, we're still trying to determine the the home field, Nick. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're it's going to be in the Kansas City area. We know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, as of right now, surprise. the game is planned to be at Soccer Nation, and um, but. Uh, we are going to have some exhibition games here and there that we might uh, change locations. But this should be an interesting season where we might have some twists and turns, but like any other mileage or summer pro team, uh, we make things as best as we can. They're not always the most consistent. We go with the flow. <laughs> Check us out. I mean, on social media, we have our team store up as well. Uh, we have jerseys, we have scarves, we have shirts. You guys have some dope gear. Yeah, I actually love the uh, the uh, black with the yellow stripe. Looks really cool. Obviously, the the white one as well with the what is that? A uh, uh, what is that stripe pattern? It's a sunflower. Oh, I'm an idiot. Jeez. Oh, so those are all small sunflowers. <laughs> that's that's dope. Oh, oh, tell tell the audience about your uh, about your logo as well. So um, every did I get this right? Every petal is like individually drawn. On your sunflower logo, how did that how did that come about? A sunflower um, is a floret, right? A sunflower is a floret. Uh, it's it's a bunch of little flowers that make up a a, a, a central giant mm-hmm. plant. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. come together. We, every single mm-hmm. person, every single person comes to make this organization uh, uh, something better than the sum of its parts. Um, every yeah. single petal represents one of us nick me one of the interns one of the players spence yeah spence, absolutely spence. <laughs> spence, spence is gonna love this uh episode yeah, yeah um i'm also gonna say that um the first person to actually design the logo was an intern uh um who's actually i'm not sure if he's still practicing with us but um weston he was the uh, original designer of the Sunflower State logo. And then we came in with Chance Waddell, who who came in and, and made it even better. So shout out to Chance and Weston. So great job, guys. Awesome. Armando, you have any more takes? Um, no more takes about this. Let's put a button on this. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to come back with a beer review. I don't know who's going to review a beer. Maybe it's all three of them. Um, yeah, maybe they can do like a collective one. We'll see. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for a beer review, and then we'll close out the episode for you. It is 
everyone's favorite time of the podcast, and that is This Week in Craft Beer. Normally the time when we talk about what's going on this week in craft beer and then review a delicious beer for you. However, with the three musketeers in front of us today with Sunflower FC, we are going to do the first ever triplicate beer review. That's right. We have beer spanning all the way across the country with some fantastic people, and they are going to make their debut reviewing a beer on Fountain City Sports Media. So I think when we virtually drew straws, Joey came up first. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. So, Joey, here's how we review beers on Fountain City Sports Media. We have five categories. We have aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. And for each category, you're going to give it a 1 to 10 rating. And this is not golf. You know, 1 is bad, 10 is good. So before we begin your beer review, what beer will you be reviewing for us today? I will be reviewing the Space Dust beer of Eastland um, that's out of Seattle, Washington. It's an IPA. Um, it's a, it's a really nice beer. I'm not going to say it's a perfect beer, but I do enjoy it. Um, I lived across the brewing factory for about, uh, five months and it was a decent time. The only sad part was during COVID. So limited amount of people that are able to go into the brewery, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a, oof. I remember working back on the floor at Boulevard during COVID, and that was a, a dark time indeed. Lots of random tasks, I can tell you that much. Uh, but more importantly, let's get cracking into this beautiful beer. If you will pour that beer into a glass, take a few... Have you already did? Oh my gosh. All right, take a few sniffs of that bad boy. Short little sniffs, don't got to inhale deep, and uh, what kind of aromas are you picking up on that beer? Um, it's nice. Um, it's a, a typical IPA. It's a more of a classier one. Um, it has a strong IPA smell to it. Um, you can tell that it's crisp. That it's not too strong, but it's not too light. You know, you really want that because if you're not used to the strong stuff, it's gonna put it's gonna put you on your bottom. But if you don't want it too light, because you also don't want it too watery. Ah. Definitely makes sense. All right. Then on a scale of one to 10, what would you grade aroma? Uh, I'd give it a 7.8. All right. No, that's great. We love we love metrics here. Thanks to our buddy, friend of the podcast, Noah Metzger and the Metzger metric system. All right. So then the next category, category two, we have appearance. What is the color of that beer? Is it see-through or is it a hazier IPA? Um, so you see here, it's a nice golden color. It's a little dark on the golden side. It's got a crisp color. You can see. Um, I don't know if you can tell here, but from my appearance, it's a little misty. It's named Space Dust. Mm-hmm. So you can see that mm-hmm. it's actually dusty. That's not see-through. Yeah, and yeah. that's a little unique because a lot of IPAs are more on the lighter side and they're more see-through. And this one, it's a little cloudier, so it does match the name Space Dust. That's fantastic. Then 1 to 10, what is the appearance on Space Dust? Um, I'm going to give it a, a 7. Because, okay. Because um, I guess it's called Base Dust. It's got to be cloudy, but the fact that it's um, not extremely pure col- color um, does lose some points. I can't give it a little higher, but I'll give it a strong showing. 
We love sevens. Sevens in our beer reviews are like, what do they call it? The Teddy Bridgewater line for like what a starting quarterback's like, you know, <laughs> the watermark is for a good starting quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So then category number three, the best category <laughs> is flavor. I want you to take a sip of that, kind of hold it in your mouth for a second, let it get all in your tongue and then breathe out for me if you would. Dude, it, <laughs> it was so good. He left. It's so good. There was, it like said everything that could possibly be said about beer. He was like, oh, I can't control myself. Either that or the government got him. Jeez, I hope not. <laughs> the government got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The FBI called him. He's like, you can't do beer reviews as a biomedical person. You thought your VPN could hide you. <laughs> well, I'm going to guess Joey's phone probably died. Uh, yeah, that uh, might be a good guess. <laughs> that's what these things are for. So we're going to put a pin in Joey's flavor. I'll be waiting with literal bated breath. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to come for back now, to him. Sesti, the show must go on. You are now up, my friend. What beer will you be reviewing for us today? All right, I'm going to flip my camera here. We got a Blackberry Wheat from Missouri Brewing Company, Missouri Beer Company out of O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, This is where I'm living right now. It is a Blackberry Wheat Ale. Uh, It's got a a nice little... um, It's it's more of a summer beer. More of a summer beer than a a November beer, but it's one of the best ones that they have. Um, I will go ahead and crack it. Awesome. All right, in the first category we have review, same thing is going to be aroma. Let me know what kind of notes you're picking up off of that beer in your glass. Hmm. I'm pouring this terribly, and I apologize to everyone involved. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and go here against the side. Oh, well, there's a lot of foam. You know, head head is 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 okay. Uh, head's okay in a beer. Yeah, we're just doing the slow pour pilsner method. We'll just go there with the head. Um, but is it's got like a reddish golden tint to it because of the blackberry puree that they use with it it smells amazing you can you can pick up the aromas of the 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 barley the the wheat and the blackberry puree that's it's a little bit overpowering but um again one of my favorite beers from missouri beer company um a hint of nuttiness i'm not sure what that is it's a it's a nice looking beer if i if i do say so myself uh on a scale of zero to ten Right now, uh, I know the red is a little off-putting. I will say it's a a 6.8. All right, 6.8. Not too bad. So then category number two is going to be appearance. Uh, Welcome back, Joey. We're we're going through Sesti's beer, then we're going to hop right back to where you are. Don't worry, my friend. Hey, Joey's back from the Pentagon. So, Sesti, appearance on that bad boy. Uh, It looks like it's kind of a darker beer. What else are you seeing in there? It's, It's a little hazy. Um little hazy but out of the glass it looks really nice right now it's it's not your stereotypical beer a little bit lighter at the bottom a little bit darker at the top as far as you know artful taste i i I would say it's 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 a uh a a seven seven and a half or so hey no that's a okay seven and a half is a great score then category three flavor take a sip of that let it coat all your tongue and then breathe out and tell me what you're tasting it is refreshing. It is very refreshing. Mm. So on a November day, it's 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 uh, a little less than ideal. <laughs> um, no, so I I can taste the blackberry puree. I can taste the wheat. 
you can it's it's less hoppy it's not like a seltzer or anything but like if you like if you like your pilsners if you like your wheat beers if you like your uh um if you like your ales it's it's a it's a nice introductory course to a blackberry flavor all right beer 7.1 all right cool we're staying in the seven category that's good that's good then the next category is going to be mouth feel. So I want you to kind of take a sip of that and let it let it sit in your mouth for a second. When you swallow, tell me is it uh is it thick, kind of like you're drinking milk? Is it kind of medium bodied, like you're drinking a juice, or is it a lighter body, like you're drinking a water? It's a medium light, medium light. I will say, but not medium rare, medium light. Um, good pink body, and it is. <laughs> I have to say the taste and the feel in the mouth, it, it, it's it's a lot higher. I'll say 8.3. Okay, 8.3 is a really good mouthfeel. That's kind of a middle-of-the-road score normally, so like anything over an 8 on mouthfeel is like high quality. All right, then category number five, aftertaste. This one could be easier, could be a little more tricky. Does the flavor of that beer change on you the more you sit after a sip, or does it kind of come up and sit the same way it does going down you know what i'm saying it's it's pretty consistent throughout i'll have to say um i'm i'm relative i'm pleased with this beer i i like this beer i stayed in the sevens early on six seven i'll i'll say it's 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 in a, a an eight flat all right that's really good eight for aftertaste now for the sixth and final secret category uh, we have something called BDQ, which stands for Better Differentiate Quite Nicely for the Beers. It is actually stands for the Big Stonks Drinkability Quotient. So this is kind of open mic freestyle. A 1 to 10 rating on anything about this beer that you feel makes it special or leaves you wanting more. So... I chose this one specifically because it is blackberries. Blackberries are my favorite fruit. I like those dark flavored fruits. It's very refreshing. Um, it still tastes like a beer. It doesn't taste like a seltzer. It doesn't taste like a sour. Um, I dislike sours very much, but you still get that ref- refreshing flavor to it. So it, d- depending on the time of the year, uh, late summer, mid to late summer, this would be a 10 out of 10. Wow. Um, late November, it's a, uh, we'll say it's a 6.9. Oh, man. Guns and Roses November grain. I feel you right there. Okay, then. That is great. That was Blackberry Wheat from Missouri Brewing Company. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Sassy, thank you for that fantastic beer review. We're going to hop back now to Joey, who uh, left us on a cliffhanger with the flavor of his Space Dust IPA. Joey, what can you tell us about the flavor of that beer? It's one of those beers that doesn't put it over the top, but keeps that day. Like, it's that winning beer. It's that beer you come in, you're like, you know what? I don't want my birthday beer. I just want a beer that says, I know I'm a champ. I know I'm a winner. I feel that. Okay, so then flavor, then 1 to 10. What do you grade that flavor? I got to give it an 8. All right. 8 is great. We love 8s. Okay, so the next category then is mouthfeel. Same thing here. Take a sip of that. Kind of take into account, is it thick like a milk? Is it medium like a juice? Is it light like a water? What's the carbonation like in that? Just lots of different things. I got to say, this is more like when you get like 
I don't know how to explain it. It's really smooth, like orange juice, but it's got that fizziness. So it's almost like if you drink a mimosa that's really weak, but it's got the beer flavor on it. Okay. I feel that. I can get down with that. So in your opinion, then, 1 to 10, what do you give the mouthfeel on that beer? Uh, I'll give it because it's really smooth. Because it's really smooth and you're saying mouthfeel, I got to give it an 8.5, which I hate giving 8.5s. But it's just the fact that it's just like so super smooth. It's just you can't just not give it nice. And also, I like darker beers. I'm not really an IPA person, but... The only thing I say about darker beers that kind of sucks is the like smoothness on it is never that great. It's true. I gotcha. I gotcha. Hey, I appreciate, I appreciate you like differentiating when you need to give high scores because you're obviously a high character guy for Sunflower FC. So you're going to hold your beers to a similar high standard. Well, my uncle also makes his own beer. And one of the things I'd like to do in the future, we continue to club. I'd like to actually make my own Sunflower beer. Oh, that would be awesome. Awesome. Oh, breaking that news. That would be really dope. I, my uncle made his beer for about six, about seven years. Um, he's mostly into uh, stouts and IPAs. Um, taking notes from him. I live in an apartment, though, so I don't really have a place like store a bunch of stuff. But it's one of the things that I'd really like to do a little down the road is make my own beer. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. So we're going to keep an eye out for that in the future. Now, category number five is going to be the aftertaste. Uh, generally with IPAs, you might get some fruit notes going down and then get some more like bitter, earthy notes coming up. Or is this beer kind of more uniform? Same flavor down, same flavor up. Tell us about it. Honestly, it's really weird. Most IPAs, you have that. But this one, it has that fruity, fruity sit and that little bitterness. But it doesn't come up that much. It's more of that comes down nice and then up. You don't really have to deal with that aftertaste too much. So then it's more of a you it's one of those dangerous beers where you can keep drinking it because the aftertaste is not strong enough for you to actually feel it. I gotcha. Okay, then one to ten on aftertaste. What are you grading it? So I'm gonna give it an eight and around an eight five again because the aftertaste is one of those things where you don't want it to be a strong aftertaste because if you have too strong of an aftertaste, you're not gonna want to take the next sip. This That's one is fair. It's that aftertaste where you want to keep drinking it. And so I got to give it high because if you want to, keep, if you have a good aftertaste, obviously you're going to want to keep going. I, f I fully get that. It's a very well, very well descript way to describe that. Then, secret category six big stonks drinkability quotient. On a scale of one to 10, how does this beer make you feel? I think I already said it. it just, it just makes you feel like a winner. Like, it's just one of those ones where, like, you know, cr you crushed it. Like you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy crushing it. Like, why not? It's just like watching Nick, Nick, Nick winning a game. Like, man, I actually, actually got to be a part of a successful team, and 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 I actually have a guy that I actually care about who actually runs it. Like, I, I take a win at that. Oh man, well that's fantastic. That's a great way to describe it. Then. Okay, then player three, Nick, you have waited so patiently. I know how hard it is to have a beer in front of you and not drink it. So what beer will you be reviewing for us today? 
Yeah, so it's funny you said that. I actually opened the beer and then I was like, crap, I got to review this. So I picked it in for one. I got, I got, I got several. One. I could not wait. I did not wait patiently. We love honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be honest. So I got a weird one, uh, something that I would normally not drink, but uh, something my girlfriend got. So shout out to her. Uh, I got the Sippin' Pretty Fruited Sour from Odell Brewing Co. Oh, Baby, yeah. love Odell. Oh. Shout out. I know. This is the, I never had it. I almost never drink sours, but this is the only non boring <laughs> beer that I got here right now. So uh, I was going to review the love Log Odell. Boat Brewing Co. Bobber, Missouri Lager, but that's okay. So I got the Sipping Pretty Fruited Sour. All right. We're very excited about this then. First category, aroma on a scale of 1 to 10. What do the notes of that beer make you smell? All right. So I got a I got a note. I'm drinking this in a giant mug. I'm drinking a sour in a giant mug. So hey, here we, we go. We don't judge on this show. Any receptacle you can drink beer out of is A-OK in our books. Is OK. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it is very fruity, very fruity. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it it really is. It's very um, pungent. Very. I can't put my finger on what fruit, but it's good. It smells good. I would give it probably for for what it is. Are we doing decimals? Yeah, decimals are fair game. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll do like a eight point two. I feel like it's pretty good for a. For a fruited beer, it's very uh coming out the gate with an eight. Yeah, it's not it's it's good. Maybe I just don't drink sours enough to know, but so guys, any listeners don't trust trust this. Don't <laughs> this beer review. It might be all over the board. <laughs> Coach Nick, if Coach Nick, if 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 the players trust you, our fans will trust you. Right, Joey? Yes. I mean, honestly, I would if I didn't trust him, he wouldn't be where he is. And <laughs> the first off, second off, uh, Nick is probably one of the best character coaches I know. Oh, this is such a heartfelt That's episode. What's That's what's up. I'm loving it. Okay, <laughs> Nick, moving on. Then category number two, appearance. What is the appearance of that beer? Is it uh, is it kind of cloudy? If it's a fruited sour, or is it crystal clear? What's it looking like? Yeah, so it's. I mean, it, I would say it's pretty cloudy. Um, we've got some, some, uh, carbonation in there. Um, pretty pink, orangish pink, almost color. Um, not bad. I mean, for, for what it is, probably a seven. Teddy, good Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Teddy Hopwater. All right. Category number three, the uh, flavor of that fruited sour. I'll be very curious to see. Is that kind of like a puckering sour or is that like a sweet tart bitter sour? Let's find out. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad. It's not not too sour. It's um, not not very puckering. It's more more tarty. Not it's it's honestly not bad. I did not think I was going to like it, but it's not terrible. I would drink this on a. A nice summer day out at the pool or at the beach Dude. if we had the Kansas City. Just drive to the Ozarks. Woo! I can see myself drinking this on the lake. Yeah. This is hard. If I was going to rate it on like an actual, if my beer scale, probably somewhere in like the twos, but for what it is, probably a 6.5. 
Okay, 6.5. That's still a respectable score. Then moving on to category number four, the mouthfeel of this beer. This is what's going to be really interesting. Is uh, is this super carbonated? Is it a lighter sour? Or like where in the mouth is it kind of, where are you feeling the sour notes? Yeah, let's get this. Yeah, it does. It, feel, it feels pretty carbonated, actually, um, to be honest. Um, very light. It's very, it's, it's, it's really not as puckering, I guess, as, as you would think it would be. So it's, it's not bad. I would give it a, I mean, honestly, it goes down pretty easy. I would, I'd say 7.6. All right. Sour beer that goes down easy. That sounds very good to me right now. All right, then the fifth and not final category is going to be aftertaste. What kind of notes do you pick up after this beer comes back up? Because you said you got a lot of fruit when it went down, correct? Yeah, it's it's very fruity. Um, I would say it's pretty consistent the whole way through. There's not a bad aftertaste. Um, surprisingly, I thought it would be a pretty bad aftertaste. Something something sour, something really, um, but. But it's not bad. It's it leaves a good taste in your mouth. So um, I would say eight point one. Wow, we've had a lot of good aftertaste on the three beers tonight. It's, it's good. It goes down. It goes down well. It still tastes good. So very nice. All right, then the sixth and final category: BDQ Big Stonks Drinkability Quotient. On a scale of one to ten, the floor is yours. How does this beer make you feel? Yeah. So. I would say that this beer has opened my eyes to a new, a different category of beer. So I would say it's it's um, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I might actually order a sour now <laughs> from somewhere, which I would not be. Whoa! Forced. Yeah. So um, let's give it. Let's go big. Let's give it a nine point two because it's it's it opened my eyes, changed oh. my life. A paradigm shifting fruited sour. That's that's a first for this show. That's inspiring. Yeah, I might I might go I might go order a sour now. You never know. Well, if you're uh, if you're curious, Boulevard's tapping a couple new fruited sours uh, early next week, so it should be a, a well. By the time this episode airs, it won't be early next week. It'll probably be this week. But anyway, you should come in and try them. They're good beers. I will. I will. Maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll hit you up and have a beer together. Love it. I'd love it. All right, well, that's all we have for the beer reviews. Thank you, gentlemen, for reviewing those three delicious, delicious beers. Armando, I'm going to pass the torch off to you. Will you talk us out tonight? Yeah, all right. So once again, Nick, Sal, Joey, it was a pleasure to have you guys on. I know you now have a new family here in Kansas City. That's right. It's Found City Sports Media and the Found City Sports Media fans. Again, Found City Sports Media fans, go ahead and check out their website. They got a bunch of merch. You can also purchase tickets to their matches. And there's a lot of great stuff going on. And of course, we heard Joey spill his heart out for his team. Coach Nick spill his heart out for his team. And Sal spilled his heart out for social media. So there's a lot of great things happening over there at Sunflower State FC. Uh, happy, Great to have you guys on. I hope we have you again. Please let us know when you have a big event going on or or when you've reached the playoffs or when you've you've been promoted from here to the MLS to now you, you all are running Team USA. We want to be the first to know it. We want to be the first to break the news. Happy to have you guys on. Thanks again. I uh, just want to do a couple of shout-outs real quick. Um, 
want to thank um, all it. our sponsors and making this possible. Without our sponsors, we wouldn't be here. Want to thank all our parts um, partners and stuff. Thank you guys. I know you guys don't want to be mentioned, uh, but I really thank you guys for your donations and generosity and partnerships. And lastly, I want to thank all the staff, interns, everything that helped run the organization. Because about you guys, um, last but not least, I, I just want to thank you guys for having us. And um, if you guys ever want to be on uh, game day, um, we do live streaming. So if you guys want to come on, say a couple things, we could even do a beer review at halftime. You, bring, you guys, <laughs> you guys bring your oh, beer. And then you tell us what you think, and we come up with the categories. Won't be the same as yours because we want to be original. But just let us know. Great, we're gonna we'll be we're honored. gonna pull Coach Nick out of out of his halftime speech. He's gonna be telling, "Come on, guys, let's get it together." And then Joe will be like, "Coach Nick, we got to do another sipping pretty uh, beer review. Let's <laughs> let's get over here." We brought orange slices for the team, and also wheat beer. That's right. It's like Michael Jordan's secret stuff, but it's Blue Moon. Got win first, okay? <laughs> All right, okay, yes, that's right, that's right. <laughs> All right, that, uh, that's a perfect way to end it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Catch us for more episodes and more great interviews. Thanks for being here. Good night. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.